When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drada, Dundalk and Cavan. Check out the new sporty and spacious Renault Arcana in petrol and full hybrid. Guaranteed delivery, low AP or finance and 48-hour test drive. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Friday Afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Now we're going to talk about something for the next while. And to introduce it, let's have a listen for half a minute to Mr. Dickie Rock. At 17, it's a thrill To dream someday you will Walk hand in hand From the candy store To the chapel Walk hand in hand at 17. Not a bother with it at all, Louise. At 17, puppy love, deeply in love, hand in hand, no issue. No issue. Great, great. Mm. And, you know. And did you walk hand in hand when you were 17 or. With me fishing ever, rod? With ever. me With me fishing <laughs> rod. <laughs> you were some catch. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, no, I didn't, uh, uh, to be honest with you. And look, we're chatting about this today because a story, you remember a story about a week, 10 days ago, you you and I were talking, it's about a week ago anyway, about who was it said they wouldn't go out walking hand in hand uh, in public? Um, somebody from Virgin TV, was it? Or, or, I don't some, remember. Some, somebody said, anyway, they wouldn't go out walking hand in hand. I think it was the same sex couple were, were talking about it. Anyway, and you and I spoke oh, about Alan it. from... Wasn't it? Yeah, Alan. Yeah. Yes, am I right? Yes, mm. from from Virgin yes. TV. Um, anyway, we, we got talking about hand-holding and, and, you know, the whole concept of it. And is it still a thing? And is it an age thing? Do many people do it? And I said to you, it wasn't or hasn't been a thing in my life. Ever? No. No. Not even when you were starting out with your wife. I suppose back then. I can't remember. Uh, I suppose <laughs> back then. Yes, maybe. Or arm in arm. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back then. Back then. I say back then. But I, I think, and I honestly believe, I don't do it now. I, I haven't done it. And I, I, don't, I think it's all right. Early doors. Puppy love. The beginning. You know, when you're all loved up and everything. And then it dawns on you. What's love got to do with it? There's a lot of other things that come into it as well. I, I don't think it's a thing as you move on in years. 
I suppose so life gets in like in when you're younger and you're going out with somebody and as you say puppy love and young love you're together all the time mm. but as you move through life and maybe kids come involved and you're you're racing here and there you know that time together becomes you know you're walking down the street together becomes very you know, few and far between yeah. at times. And then most like a people, week later, are you still there? <laughs> most people get into their cars or whatever, talk about walking or, uh, you know, children arrive for people who are blessed with children, others don't. Do you think it's something that returns as the years go on and the children are gone and no. you're left as empty nesters? No, but I think it's lovely. I do see an odd couple walking down, holding hands in their like 70s, 80s and I think it's lovely. Yeah. But you don't. You're just not a romantic I don't really, in your body. I, I don't really mind that, to be honest with you. But I just think, no, it's not for me. It's not for me. <laughs> More romance in a garden? No. <laughs> and even sometimes you see them with flowers in their mouths. <laughs> holding hands is not for me. It's just not for me. Is it for you if you're listening to us today? Do you hold hands with the one you love? Have you done it all your life? Have you come back to it? Do you think it's... What I think of it, let me know. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. I just can't take it. That's To be honest with you, that's my personal feeling. Anna. And I'm going to come back to you in a few moments about romance. My six-year-old won't even hold me hand anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind anybody else. No, I, I don't think it is a thing. But anyway, let's talk to the expert because she is Ireland's number one matchmaker. She's a great friend of ours on Late Lunch and I'm delighted to have her with us this afternoon. Sharon Kenny, hello. Jerry, I am so shocked with you. <laughs> You're a desperate guy, desperate. Your poor wife. <laughs> I can't go home this evening, that's for sure. You may stop off and buy when some flowers. Me, when you go home this evening, you're going to lean over and you're going to hold her hand. <laughs> and, you're going to, and you're going to see her turn to you and go, what the hell has happened? <laughs> yes, honestly, there's five love languages and one of them is touch. And sometimes we have to realise, in your case, yours might be to be listened to. <laughs> and, and that's just an obvious guess. <laughs> but um, then you have to say others might be touched. So even if you're not into holding hands and your partner is into holding hands and they're out of the habit of being touched, there's nothing better than just that connection. And we've seen it across a room where you see two people suddenly hold hands and you see, oh my goodness, look at the way they're looking at each other and they're holding that gaze and they feel that connection and they don't even say anything. But that touch of holding hands and that connection, it's just, it just, it releases hormones that actually are joy hormones in your body that makes you happier. You can't actually hold someone's hands unless it's unreal and not smile at them. It's, it's just the most positive vibe that someone can get and you can get into the habit of holding hands again if you want to. And it's literally by just kind of gripping hands every now and again and say, you know, I appreciate you. You know, I'm there for you. You know, Whatever the reason is, it's it's just such a lovely connection. And you have to start again, Jerry. <laughs> Sharon, if I go home this evening, that question will be asked. What's wrong? What did you do? What's up? <laughs> That's for sure. But here, I'm going to throw something back at you. Yeah. And, 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 and this is from experience and knowledge. You know, you see, I've seen this in the past. I think where you see a couple suddenly holding hands again, there is a question mark. And I do know of a case or two where it indicated there had been an affair because what happened was then, on the man's side as well, 
the uh, with the wife uh, grabbed the hand and held on to it. And I can tell you of cases where I've seen people sitting out and she holding the hand, and everyone knew what had happened. Uh, and this is a recovery mechanism. Well, if it was a recovery and it brought them closer together, isn't that good in its own right? Mm, I suppose you know, it is. Yes. So- we have to say why, you know, and some people do it because they want that feeling of togetherness. Another person might do it over possessiveness because their husband has or wife has had the affair in the past. So they might go, OK, I want you to know he's mine. I want you to know she's mine, whoever it is. And the third would be, it could be something like, OK, a neediness. I need you to look after me and that holding hand. But whatever it's done, it's as a couple, it's good to understand why the other person in the couple feels like it or really feels they, that, that they need that connection to touch and to, to appreciate that vibe with their partner. As simple as a touch. And it's, it's just so rewarding to feel that connection when you're with someone. Mm. And if it's going to release, and it always releases happy hormones, okay, sorry, if you're the girl or the guy that goes, I don't really want to be doing this in public, what are you doing holding my hand now? You know, you're putting me in an awkward spot. You know, you have to choose it and do it gently when the timing is right. Mm. And if it is one of your love languages, because there's five of them, and, and obviously listening is one, which is, would be yours. <laughs> Louise, what's your love language? Louise, uh, she, uh, Sharon wants to know, what is your love language? For me, she says to me, it's listening uh, for me to other people's, it's touch, holding hands. Do you have a love language? Um, Probably, uh, I'd have to think about that. <laughs> Hold on, you put her on the spot now, Sharon. Uh, I, know, I know, Sharon, that probably my husband would only hold my hand if he was dragging me out of a clothes shop. <laughs> <laughs> That's the reason. I love it. I love it. And and he'd keep that grip on your hand ten times faster than go right back. Sharon, we're getting we're getting reaction from listeners, and I want them to keep telling me. Tell me what you feel about this. Holding hands is it a thing you do? You don't do? Do you like it? Do you dislike it? Uh, Do you do it maybe when you're on holidays or at certain times? But anyway, here's some of the messages coming to me. Keep them coming to us. We want to hear hear from you. Oh eight six eighteen hundred six five eight. Come on, messages. Oh eight six eighteen hundred six five eight by WhatsApp or text. Here's one. I, Jerry, have to say, I love seeing uh, older couples walking out holding their hands, says a listener. Mary's been on here to say, Jerry, just let me get back to this one here. Hold on, I have it here. Um, she says to us, where is it? Go to Spain, Jerry, and you'll see retired Spanish people holding hands out walking uh, most evenings, says Mary. And there's a big love heart on that one there. So the Spanish, are they more romantic than us Irish? Absolutely, when it comes to holding hands. But then you're in a peaceful place and you're like over there they walk and they do their walking quite slowly. You can see them walking along quite slowly. Whereas here when people are going for walks, they're like marching to get their walks in there. Now, when you're going for a good fast walk, to hold hands all the way through, it isn't really the thing to do. It's a hard enough thing to do and that's where you see people even glasping little fingers or something like that. But still, they have that connection there. But if you're doing exercise, yes, you don't want to be holding someone's sweaty hands Mm. uh, during a really fast walk. But if you're in in that situation where you're over in Spain and you're relaxing and they take life so much easier in parts of Spain, obviously, than we do over here, and they just go with the groove and go with the flow, and it's just... 
to it links and connects people better. So everyone should try to do it a little more and bring the more feelings we can bring back into our lives, whether it's touch, whether it's listening, whether it's gifts, whether it's gratitude, whether it's whatever it is, the more love we can bring into our lives, the better and happier and more content and joy we bring into others because we mirror it with that touch and that energy goes all the way through to that other person. So even if someone isn't, I won't refer to you there, Jerry, but even if someone isn't into holding hands and they know their partner could be, go and try it out. You know, try bring that back, that vibe, bring back that little bit more joy in your life. Why not? Yes, and you're saying to us, look, it is that touch thing and it is the connection that people make. What about those who are, you know what I mean, uh, out in public and being real amorous and affectionate, more than holding hands, you know what I mean, stuck into one another, uh, you know what I mean, that type of thing. Is is that not too much, Sharon? I can tell you saying, Jerry, that you saying that, you go, oh, listen, will you guys give us a break over there? I don't need to see that. Just turn away. You don't have to take up on everyone's situation into your own life. If you don't like to see someone snogging on the street or whatever they're doing, turn away and look at something else. Just stop bringing the energy to that situation. Stick in your own happy space and just say, that's their life. You know, let people have their own life and do what they want and stop putting a label on it all the time <laughs> and just enjoy your own. Uh, uh, I'm getting scolded now. You see that? I'm getting scolded. Mairead is onto me. <laughs> Jerry. if I was your wife, there would be no supper for you. And I'd lock the kitchen door for good measure. They know I love my food. But anyway... Uh, <laughs> I want to, I do want to come in and say, and I know Louise was saying to me <laughs> earlier on, uh, you know, uh, uh, about, you know, romance and being romantic. I suppose you touched on it there. You mentioned, you know, uh, gifts and things like that. And I would be one for the flowers, the cards, the chocks, the gifts, the big surprises. I, I remember buying Miriam a holiday one time with a friend. She knew nothing about it, sent her on it and other things as well. You know, so, uh, do I get a yeah. fool's pardon for those type of things? Well, that's the point, Jerry. Everyone has their own love languages that they love to go by. And if you find it hard to hold hands, but if it is one of hers, then you pay attention to that and say, you know what, I'm going to try to hold her hand someday. (laughs) Or, you know, you just, or I'm going to make an effort to kind of just grip it every now and again, give her a squeeze and to let her know I'm there for her. You know, just do make an effort if it is hers as well but some people don't like touch at all yes they don't like touch you don't do it okay discover what people want and what they will accept in a couple but don't become complacent either like if if there was holding hands back in the day bring it back Mm. but if you are anti-touching that's different but if you you know if people are um if they're into kind of acts of service, like people, some people are givers, some people are, are, are not. Yes. It's, it's, it's whatever comes naturally to you. But if you're in a relationship and you love someone and you want to make them happy and you feel that you can hold their hands for a couple of seconds, a couple of minutes, you don't have to walk, hold it all the way down the pier and back <laughs> or wherever you're going. You know, just do it and, and just try it out and say, I'm doing this for her, I'm doing this for him. And just uh, for few seconds and then let go and if they if you feel you feel a connection growing with you you feel that 
kind of like, um, okay, we're giving each other special time, intimate time. And it, it, I'm not talking about in, intimate as far as just touching hands even. <laughs> Frank says, I know a lot of people, Jerry, who hold hands on the street and when they go home, they beat each other up. <laughs> Frank! <laughs> street Angel House Devil, I know what you're talking about. Anyway, Sharon, yeah. I've been on the couch with the matchmaker.ie this afternoon and it's something I have to work on. It's always lovely to talk to you. Thank you for joining us. And we leave you, Sharon. We just have to play this one, don't we? Let's spin it, Louise. Here we go. See you, Sharon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Oh, yeah. Tell you something. I think you'll understand. When I say that something. Don't know why you're singing that, Jerry. <laughs> you just don't. I'm thinking of Kylie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she'd want to hold your hand. <laughs> you bet she would. She's just dying to. What are you talking about? Don't be ruining it for me today. <laughs> you want me to go up to Tesco now and get you the flowers to bring home for your wife? <laughs> oh, and a bottle of Kylie Rose. Yes. Um, Frank or Eddie, yes, of course, it was the one we were going to play. Thank you. I want to hold your hand from the Beatles. I always linked my husband before and after we married. In the cold weather, we linked with our hands in his overcoat pocket. Linking kept us close together, says Ellen. Isn't that absolutely lovely? I love that. I wonder how old Ellen is Yeah, yeah. You know, know, I wouldn't say she's a spring chicken, but she's, you know, I'd say she's... Ellen, you know, let us know. What age bracket are you in there? Just as as a matter of interest. Uh, Paul has been on to say, on the other hand, uh, Jerry, Irish men only hold their partners' hands while they're away on holidays abroad. I think that's true. <laughs> Isn't that a good point yeah. there, by Paul? I think it is an Irish thing. Mm, it is interesting. Do you hold hands? Do you not? Have you anything to say on it, Louise? What do you think of this message we've just got in, Jerry? You've got to recognise that us Irish are not really a touchy feely people. Would you agree with that statement yep. from a listener? Yes. Would that be something that's sort of in our DNA as well? I don't know, is it uh, is it changing? I think mm. that is changing. I think that's yes. the way we are and maybe used to be. But I can see with the kind of more the, the next generation, so we speak. I think that's changing. Yeah, 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 and perhaps it is. You know, um, it's interesting to see the different viewpoints on it from people. You know, but uh, do you ever get do you ever, do you ever see a young couple walking and when they see you, this, the hands just suddenly drop like they have been holding hands, and then all of a sudden it's and they're fused. It's lovely. Yeah, or, or the it's other so one, sweet. you talk about hands, and it's 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 sort of you know not the holding hand thing, but you know, you ever see a man out wheeling a child in a pram with one hand, yeah, and the pram is over there. Yeah. <laughs> it's not really mine. You ever, you know that? You know what I'm talking about? Now it's changed a lot. Most men now know two hands on it, but there was a time when every bio pushing really? a pram, one-handed with the with the pram out there on the right hand side, walking along, saying it's not really mine. I'm just pushing it for somebody else. <laughs> you, don't, you don't remember me Bring those for a spin? <laughs> yeah. No, I don't remember that. Yeah, absolutely. That was another thing just came to mind. Thank you so much for your comments, Ellen. You're lovely. Ellen was in touch with me to tell us that she always linked 
her husband before and after they were married in cold weather. Remember I mentioned it, they linked uh, hands and held hands in his overcoat pocket and Louise was speculating, she wondered what age Ellen was and I did say that I thought Ellen mightn't be a spring chicken. No, insult intended, just a compliment. And she's come back to me and said, Jerry, I'm 89 years old. I enjoy your show each and every day and also my grandchildren when they visit. Great conversations and fun. Ellen, you're just lovely. Thank you indeed for coming back to us. I really do appreciate it. Other comments on the hand-holding. I always link my husband arm in arm and we're over 40 years married. That comes in from Anne in Kells. Good on you, Anne. Uh, the matchmaker, Sharon, will be very happy with you. Yes, Jerry says another listener, it is an Irish thing. We always link arms and hold hands on holidays. Why don't you do it when you're here? That's the question. That comes in from a listener who says we're both in our 60s. Thanks indeed for getting in touch with us. There you go. Why don't you do it at home? Isn't it a strange thing? It really is uh, amusing to uh, hear what you have to say. Keep the comments coming to us. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Now, my next guest is originally from France. But we'd have to say she's one of her own now because she's lived in Trim for the last 21 years or she gets the key of the front door now. She's head of operations with Animation Ireland. She's well known, though, I can tell you, from her time in the Solstice Arts Centre in Navin. And I'm delighted to say hello and welcome to Late Lunch to Delphine Coudre. Hello, Delphine. Hello, Jerry. Thank you so much for having me on too. <laughs> and thank you for counting me as one of your own as well. <laughs> <laughs> is that a thing? Uh, just as an aside before we chat, do you know, you do know what I'm talking about, that even for Irish people who relocate, let's say, from one part of Ireland to the other, it's very hard to get your, your foot in. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, absolutely, yes. But people are so welcoming here. And, you know, it's the thing, like, for me, home is here, definitely. Uh, even though my accent would say otherwise, you know, it, it's very clear that I'm French from my accent, I suppose. But uh, the funny thing is that when I go in... Uh, to other places of Ireland, people say, so it's a little bit of mead accent with the French accent, you know? <laughs> so so I suppose, you know, maybe I have a little bit of mead, you know, well, tell me, following me. <laughs> tell me this then, because we were talking top of the show about this thing of holding hands, people going out holding <laughs> hands in public. And, you know, you French is regarded as the most amorous people in the world. Can I impose on you Apparently. and ask you, do you, <laughs> would you hold hands with a love, with the love of your life if you were out and about in Ireland? Absolutely, yes, yes. My, 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 and, and he's from Trim. He's, he's a Trim man through and through, you know. But uh, yes, there's maybe a little bit of convincing at the start, but we definitely hold hands, you know. Uh, walk, I suppose he, he does walk a little bit faster than me at times, so we, we, we'll have to drop the hands, you know, when, when, once he starts going and run behind him. But no, we'd, we'd be happy to hold hands. Definitely. There you go. That's my. You've you've just saved me because I'm in big trouble on the show today with what I said. But that's one thing. I walk, walk way faster than my wife, and that's probably the reason why we don't. Thanks, Delphine. You're my savior today on, on late lunch. Anyway, let's talk about you and this wonderful job you're in, head of operations with Animation Ireland. Obviously, you're arty, and art has been part of your life, and being uh, in the Salsas, of course, such a creative place as well, and you work worked in the past with animation skillnet so tell us a bit about you and and this artistic dna you have 
Oh, absolutely. I suppose it's, you know, from a very young age, I'm part of, I'm one of these creative types. I think it's starting to come to the front now for creatives and people who are artistic, but they're not necessarily, you know, spe- uh, specialized in one area. So I started through theater, really, and that would be, you know, everything to do with the stage. And then it kind of branched out into different areas where I saw, you know, I, I always drew for, for fun and for uh, hobby, I suppose, you know, for pleasure. I loved reading, writing, you know, it's kind of an all-rounder, but not uh, not necessarily specialized or very good into one area. Um, and, you know, you kind of try your hand at different things and um, and and enjoying, you know, uh, mm. working in, in theatre backstage, on stage, uh, travel. That allowed me to travel to Denmark, through Europe, doing tours and things like that. And then I came back to Ireland uh, and tried, you know, different courses here, uh, really all related to theatre in Trinity College, uh, the Gaty School of Acting, and um, a, a brilliant organization uh, uh, for youth dramas, uh, National Association for Youth Drama in Dublin, which are absolutely fantastic as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and through and through, you, you, you try different things. And, yes. uh, you know, com- computer technology helping as well with the drawing, you know. Try, I suppose being curious at, on different things. And animation came about for me um, through one of... One event I organized in the past uh, through my, uh, I had a production company called uh, Ulala Productions. And we, we did, um, what is that goes back a while now, probably 2011, I think. We did projection mapping on Trim Castle for the Swift Festival. Okay. And uh, I got to design um, uh, projection mapping. You know, it's projected uh, moving images, animation onto Trim Castle. Uh, and that really kind of clicked for me and said, oh, I need to learn more about animation. This is a fantastic medium. So I went to study in Ballyfermot College. And, uh, and through and through, you know, finishing my studies there, uh, I, I got a job with Animation Skillnet. And, and then from that, now I'm with Animation Ireland. Brilliant. So, you know, you have a wide remit in the artistic world and it's all come together now. And now really you, you're specialising in this area. You're head of operations with Animation Ireland. That's something I didn't realise. Now, I know we do well on the animation front, especially when you Oscar time comes around and you hear of movies like Wolf Walkers this year, going back a little, The Breadwinner, Song of the Sea, the secret of Kells, of course, all making yeah, yeah. the mark with Irish input. But I couldn't believe this. 7,000 people in Ireland involved in animation. Well, actually, it's gone up a little bit. It's gone up to 12,000. Really? No. Uh, yes. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's me giving wrong figures at the start yeah, of the show. 12,000. 12, okay. And you, you'd be surprised as well because, um, you know, like, obviously, we know the big ones like that that come around, uh, you know, uh, around the time of the Oscars, uh, like Wolf Walkers, you mentioned from Curtain Saloon. But you'd be surprised. There's a lot of things that are on screen that are your, your little ones might be watching, you know, uh, children. And you'd be surprised that they are made in Ireland. You mm. know, things like Paw Patrol or Nova Jones, uh, the Cuphead show. You know, so there's a lot of things at the moment that uh, that are on our screen. Uh, and not only in animation for children, but uh, also in, you know, like there's animation everywhere when you look at the ads, uh, websites, you know, um uh, animation for adults as well. Yes. Uh, there's yes. young studios that are starting now, even in rural areas. So we have a, a young studio uh, called Studio Meala, 
uh, in Boyle, actually, of all places, you know. Yeah. And we have studios, Pictor, uh, based in Cork. Um, just, we have an Animation Ireland represents 35 studios. So that's, that's quite a large number of studios and they're spread around Ireland, which is great, you know. Well, you have me really excited now because when you <laughs> mentioned Paw Patrol, I am an aficionado, thanks to my grandchildren, in watching Paw Patrol. And <laughs> every time I watch it now, I just think, my God, there's an Irish input there. That's fantastic to hear, to be honest with you. Here's the other thing. You, you talked about yourself sketching and drawing and that and animation, of course, now in the digital area. For somebody you know who's at school and they're off on holidays at, at the moment... Uh, and they have a talent for uh, sketching or drawing or painting. Is that a prerequisite? Do you need that to get into this field of work? Well, I tell you what, when I, when I started, I thought, well, never, you know, I, I'm only good at drawing people or animals. And uh, I'm terrible at drawing, you know, uh, places or rooms and things like that. And I found out by the end of my studies, I was great at, you know, I became great. So you, you can... you. You know, obviously a love of drawing mm. is one thing, you know, but there's a lot of other jobs in uh, in animation that we, we're actually crying out for people who like, for example, who are very good at organizing things. You know, if you're, you, you could work in production or if you are good at, you know, accountancy, but you don't want to work in an accountancy firm, you want to work in in an animation company mm. they need accountants as well it's a big industry you know and there's a lot of different roles if you are a little bit creative but you're not very confident about your skills they can be developed you know and that's uh, actually now that you mentioned that young people uh, you know having a little bit of skill or having gone through college with maybe art or you know different things we've not now launched um national talent uh, academy which is an initiative by screen ireland we are managing uh, this uh, this new academy with programs to help people bridging from college let's say or from other places like let's say youth reach or other you know, um, other education uh, institutions yes. to get into the industry. So we'll offer, for example, mentoring programs or workshops um, and uh, and short courses that will help them get, to, you know, their first gig yes. or get these missing skills, you know. Yeah, so, and, and for, for people listening today who are interested in themselves, I may know somebody who is, you know, searching about at the moment for a destination for their skills. Animation Ireland, can they get more information from yourselves or where do they go? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, if, if they go to animationireland.com, we have yes. contact details for myself on there, uh, support at animationireland.com. And at the top of the website, you'll see a link there for the National Talent Academy. It's so so you'll you'll be able yes. to contact the academy directly through that link, and uh, we've we've also launched a, a new guide for freelancers as well because we're aware it's an industry where you know you don't necessarily work uh, f- full time for one company you might be you know working for a few different companies for example artists you know who have a skill and they do a little bit of background design or things like that. Um, they might be interesting in learning more about being a freelancer. Mm. And there's a great, brilliant new site on our website that's linked as well that you can um, you can consult and, and see. 
Fantastic. Um, a, a, little bit, um, a little bit of advice as well on how to do your own taxes, for example, yes. <laughs> you know, and things yeah. like that, you know, uh, that might be useful. Yeah, I must tap into that myself, to be honest with you. <laughs> and of course, you can work from home, that's the thing about it, or in a range of studios across the country. Listen, it's been great to chat to you today. I'm delighted to catch up with you. I'm sure we'll be in touch with again. I wish you well uh, with Thank Animation you so much, Thank you for joining me. Take care of yourself. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's the lovely Delphine uh, Coudre there uh, from Trim in County Mead. I love the accent, isn't it? Brilliant. Just lovely that uh, touch of French accent on the English as well. Up next on the show, uh, we are going to talk about an initiative that's happening at Oriel Park tonight as Dundalk take on Shelburne. Dundalk play Shelburne in the uh, League of Ireland Premier Division this evening at Oriel Park and they're literally giving away the shirts on their back but for a very good reason. Let's chat first to Dundalk CEO Martin Connolly. Hello Martin. How are you Jerry? How are things? Good. Tell our listeners what's happening and who you're supporting and how this came about. Uh, well, it came about because I was contacted by Paula Laffin and, and Terence Taylor from from the uh, Watch Your Back, uh, Mind Your Back MND charity to, that we could could we do something with and um, really to raise awareness um, about the the, the illness, uh, Jerry. And around about the same time, our um, main sponsor, Bet Regal, uh, spoke to us about um, helping a local charity and and you know giving up their jersey or the, their name and their jersey for one game. So it sort of fell into place at the right time. And basically, what we're doing is. We've instigated a, a one-off unique jersey for tonight's game against Shelbourne. We've put the Mind Your Back MND logo on the front of it and um, we're auctioning each and every jersey off for tonight. And the response, Jerry, I can tell you, from the supporters, not only Dundalk supporters, has been absolutely amazing. And in the last few minutes, it's just we've now got pledges of over seven thousand euro for all the jerseys. Oh, that's fantastic! And are you still open to bids? Can people keep bidding right up till the end of the match tonight? Yeah, well, because it's a wee bit complex, we've left bidding open until midday tomorrow. Okay. Jerry, and what we're going to do is the bidding can be open till midday tomorrow, and then. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. And they've got till uh, five o'clock or something on, on Monday to pay for their charities. And, yes. and, and, and that's it. It's a fantastic sum of money already. And I'm sure, Martin, you're going to beat that hands down between now and, and, and midday. The other thing is, Jerry, just so I can let, let everybody know that there is a bucket collection for, for the charity as well before and around the game tonight. So if you haven't donated with the charities, um, any few pen- I know it's really difficult at the moment for everybody, yep. but I'm sure the guys, Roy and the boys, will say anything that, that, that they can give at all. But, but the interesting thing for me, Jerry, was the guys, when they got involved in this, Paul and Terence, it was more about raising the awareness than the actual money they were interested in. I think that, you know, that as much as anything, uh, I think we've helped them do that. Oh, you certainly have. Stay there, Martin, because the founder of Watch Your Back, MND, and a good friend of ours on Late Lunch, is on the line, and I'm sure he's a happy camper. Roy Taylor, good afternoon. Cherry. How are you? How are you? I'm good. How's yourself? Well, today, you can call me Roy Naldo. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Rinaldo. Well, we'll just call you Rinaldo for the rest of this conversation because you are a star and there's no doubt about that. You must be chuffed, not alone with the money, as Martin says there, but the profile and awareness that's happening around this shirts uh, auction tonight at Oriel. It's incredible, Jerry. Thank you, Martin, Beryl, and Dundalk supporters. My God, over 7,000. Mm. Incredible. It is. Delighted. Mm. But you see, uh, Rinaldo, uh, may I say to you again, you are the man, there's no doubt about it. You're, uh, the attraction of you and the journey you've been on and, uh, you know, all that you do for others and thinking of others for the future, you understand that, Roy. You're the appeal. Well, Jerry, as you know, I am very good looking. That goes a that goes a long way. You know. He always had it, he always had it, and he always had the turn of phrase as well, and he still has it. Of course you are, so you turned heads left, right and centre from the very first time you got up on that stage and performed. Absolutely. All we're doing, Cherry, we're gonna change M and D motor neuron disease. To N M D, no more disease. Yeah, and that is the aim of the game. This is the whole. Absolutely. And, and for the future and for others who will be diagnosed in the future and have to deal with what you've had to deal with as well. No more disease. I love it. Changing the initials, uh, that you, uh, the, 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 uh, shortened version of motor neuron disease. Anyway, again, back to you. You're, you're, you're pulling the devil by the tail, doing the best you can, Roy, every single day. Absolutely. We have a new song coming out next month. Uh, a, duet, a duet with Finbar Fury 
Lovely. Fantastic song. Lovely. Lovely. I can't wait. Won't you won't you make sure we're on the playlist for you? Absolutely. I'll be delighted to spin that one for you. There's no doubt about it. Martin, you just hear there what uh, Roy has to say. What you're doing at the Dock Football Club is really, really appreciated. Well, uh, listen, Jerry. I think I think for anybody that knows or has spoken to Roy, um, the courage that he has shown during his illness is, is an example to us all. You know, he contacted me during the week and he, he said that if Stephen needs a flying winger for the last ten minutes tonight, he's available. You know, and and and, and I don't doubt that he he would go on there and and attempt to play it and 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 help the team. But it's it's, it's just it's a, it's a credit to himself and Sean that the, the courage that they've shown to everybody uh, over the last couple of years. Absolutely, Roy. We're going to finish out with the song we have at the moment. Yourself and your daughter. We want to play it now as we finish today and remind everybody you can bid up until twelve noon tomorrow. The bucket collections at Oriel tonight. Do your very best, and that Cherry. is going to be changed. MND to no more disease. Roy, go on. Cherry, spoiler alert. Result tomorrow. Don't talk. Sorry, tonight. Don't talk. One, M and D, nil. <laughs> He's even making predictions round score lines. Well, I think the score line will be in Dundalk's favour as well. Let me say again, Shelburne on the pitch tonight. I hope it is for everybody. Come on the town. Oh, come on, the town is right. Martin, thank you for joining me. Wish you Thanks, well. Jerry. Take care, Roy. And here we go with Roy Taylor. And can't wait for tomorrow. On the day that you. We're born I held you in my arms You made my life a paradise And all my dreams come true With every step I take I see your shine spoken to my next guest previously it's been a while back on the show but she is the proprietor of the hogs prickle i love the name she knows everything there's to know about hedgehogs bev truss welcome back to late lunch Hey Jerry, how are you doing? Nice to talk to you again. And lovely to hear that lovely Scottish accent. Aww. It really is gorgeous. It's an international show today. We had French earlier on and we're going to have a Meath accent shortly and yourself with the <laughs> Scottish one now. Bev, I have the, fir- the first question I want to ask you. Are they all awake from their winter slumber? Most of 
them are, yes. Although it was really cold again last night, so some of them go back in uh, into a wee sleep. I've had a few here that have been waking up every now and again. Um, but by the end of this month, coming into the 1st of May, all of the hedgehogs should be up and about. Um, and it's mating season, so they're all looking for boyfriends and girlfriends as well. Oh, they're hand-holding. We were talking about that <laughs> on the show today as well. There you go. So they're frisky at the minute. If you see them around your garden or where you live, how can you best help them at this time? Well, at this time of the year when they're all waking up, um, over Easter, etc., um, human beings start to get busy in the garden, tidying up um, and, you know, cutting grass, strimming back any long grass, any wild areas. Um, and basically what I normally ask people to do is just to become a lazy gardener. The best thing that you can do for hedgehogs and other wildlife in the garden is just be a wee bit lazy. Um I, I let my husband cut one part of the grass, so we've got a human bit that we're allowed to go on and he can cut the grass and keep it nice and tidy, but the rest of the garden's really quite wild. Um, they need the long grass so that they can sort of hide and nest in during the day because um, they're nocturnal, so they'll be sleeping in the long grass and underneath the hedges during the day. Um, but that would be the best thing, is just to get... Don't be too tidy in the garden. Okay. So um, don't use slug pellets, the metaldehyde slug pellets. That's the blue ones. Mm. Um, they're now banned in the UK, and there's a big um, it, it, there's a big push towards trying to get them banned here in Ireland as well, because they just don't kill the slugs and snails. They kill any of the birds that eat the poison slugs and snails, and including the hedgehogs. Mm. So if a hedgehog comes across a slug or a snail that has eaten the slug pellets, you know, chances are that they're going to be poisoned as well, you know. Oh, they're dreadful things and uh, they were uh, widespread years ago. But people are being educated and copping on to this as well. They're still (laughs) available, but I agree with you. Like the UK, they should be banned here. We don't need them and they are so dangerous to all uh, manner of wildlife, including hedgehogs. Now, on the food front, they're great, as you say, at rummaging and controlling pests in gardens. If people want to leave something out for them at night, is that a good idea? And if it is, what is best? Well, it can be a good idea, but... I mean, and I'm going to say this, I hope I don't um, upset anybody by saying this, but see when human beings are involved in feeding animals, the animals usually get quite fat. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm a registered veterinary nurse and I've dealt with obese cats and dogs most of my, well, all of my working life, which is like 40 years. But um, I, I would say supplement the wild diet. So if you've got a, a kind of wild area in the garden that the hedgehogs can go in um, and they be eating beetles and earwigs and earthworms, that would be the main part of their diet, which is about 80% of their diet. And then they would be eating caterpillars, um, bees, grasshoppers. They'll even take, um, if they find a rat nest or a mouse nest, they'll eat any of the babies that are in the nest. Um, and they eat uh, bird nests. Mm. They'll eat eggs that's in the ground nesting birds. So they've got an awful lot of, I mean, they're pretty opportunistic. They'll eat anything. So if your garden's wild, you'll have all the insects in that garden that's going to help support the birds and the hedgehogs in that garden. But this time of the year when they're just waking up, from hibernation, they're going to maybe need that wee bit extra support. So dried cat food, 
dried dog food would be absolutely perfect. Mm. But put them into a hedgehog feeding station. Your listeners can Google hedgehog feeding stations. Um, and if you can make you can make one easy enough, cheap enough. The wee hedgehog goes inside the wee kind of feeding station, gets the food and then goes back out again. And it stops the cats and foxes getting in to eat the food as well. Right, so that's important to give them that little protection and you can look that up, folks, and it's very easy. You're right, they're they're not that complicated at all. So there you are. Not alone are we responsible for human obesity, uh, (laughs) we're responsible for making our bloody wildlife and pets pets fat as well. Oh my God, I I, I just, I despair at times. Coming back to, you know, the breeding season, as you said, the mating at the moment, they'll have their wee families. Is there anything we can do to provide them with a little home? or will they look after that themselves too? Well, they'll look after themselves as well. Now, a lot of the uh, commercial companies have got on the bandwagon and you can buy hedgehog homes and you can buy, like, hedgehog feeding stations and things. But, you know, I've had people donate them to me and I am so grateful for every single donation of food or equipment or anything that I can get because I pay for all of this out of my own pocket. I'm not a charity. Um, but you can buy these things online and in general, the hedgehog will look at it and say, well, I don't know what that is. I'm used to making a natural nest. So if you've got that wild area in the garden, again, the hedgehog will kind of look after themselves. What we do find is, though, a lot of hedgehogs go under garden sheds. Mm. So this time of the year, once they've mated, um, they have their hoglets. They usually have about five four or five hoglets uh, starting from mid-May through to September and the hedgehog will look for a nesting area and a lot of them go under the garden shed which is why I get phone calls about people saying oh my dog will not leave the shed he smells something under it or if people are working in the garden and they remove the shed all of a sudden they'll find a wee hedgehog mama sitting on top of her hoglets in the nest Mm. So, yeah, you, I mean, you can buy things, that's fine. But I think keep it as natural as possible because these are wild animals, you know. They're used to just getting on with it, really. Yeah, for sure. And I I bemoan as well the loss of habitat. Even where I live, yeah. there's a lot of new house building going on. The hedges are disappearing, fields are disappearing, Aww. and walls are going up and barriers. And it's just not conducive to them, is it? No. No, it certainly isn't. And I've always felt, I I was talking to a few builders that I know, and I was saying, well, you know, if you're going to put up housing estates, people need to live. Let's face it, people need a roof over their own house. But our our, our wildlife need a roof over their own heads as well. And I think if people are going to be building houses, um, putting up walls around a a garden, you know, that's, that's a human thing. But there's a fantastic website called Hedgehog Street, um, and that's got loads of tips on it. And I'm asking people, please, if you're going to put up a wall or you're going to put up a fence, have a little hedgehog hole on the bottom of it so the hedgehogs can go from garden to garden. And we're not taking away that environment for them because biodiversity loss is you know, it's putting these na- these wee animals on the on the watch list. They're endangered as it is, um, and we human beings having plastic grass walls taking away hedges. Uh, you know, the environment's just being killed off for a lot of our species. Mm. And if you have hedges, if you plant native hedges around your garden, at least then the birds are going to be able to nest. Um, and the hedgehogs will be able to navigate their way through hedges. 
they're called hedgehogs for a reason, you know. They're little snuffly, spiky butts that live in hedges. And finally, before you leave us, you're fantastic. I could talk to you all day. <laughs> Honestly, if you find a hedgehog that looks a little lost or a small ear that, what should you do? Well, if you find um, an adult hedgehog and you think she's got hoglets underneath her, best thing to do is very quickly just cover her over again and leave her alone. Keep children away. Keep dogs away. Just don't disturb her. The thing is, if those if those little babies are less than a week old and you disturb a mother, she'll do two things. She'll either just abandon them, she'll just leg it, go get pregnant again and have another family and these little hoglets are just left. Or what hedgehogs do, which a lot of wildlife do, is she'll cannibalise her babies and then she'll leg it. Mm. So if you can just try not to disturb them and the first thing to do is just get on the phone to me I'm quite happy to take calls from all over Ireland um, and with the new association we have a, a wildlife rehabbers association now you can find our details on iwre.ie you can phone any one of those rehabbers and they'll give you advice but I, I'd talk with the hind legs off a donkey when it comes to hedgehogs <laughs> so anybody can phone me <laughs> the prickles off a hedgehog's back she talk yes for sure absolutely uh, and you know if, if you're at all worried about them give me a call I'm quite happy to bring them in and hand you them and then the hedgehogs always go back to where they're found because mm. they, they, they're not very territorial but they're kind of used to being in their own environment so I bring them in I get them healthy I'm a registered veterinary nurse I work with a lot of vets as well Yes. then the hedgehogs go back to their own environment again and they live their, their wild lives quite happily um, again so don't don't be frightened to give me a call Ah, oh, you're great and they all live happily ever after after oh, they're in the care great. of Bev Trust the hogs <laughs> prickle the hogs prickle check this wonderful lady out great to talk to you take care and I wish you, you well too. always you too Jerry. bye Bev bye 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 Bev Trust there what a wonderful lady she is and I bemoan that I used to see them from time to time but now with the urbanisation of where I live the hedgehogs are an absolute rarity and it is sad they're lovely lovely creatures late lunch LMFM radio back in a moment with your comedy on Friday let's have a now laugh on Friday yes time for comedy and need I remind you ladies and gentlemen if you know a good tradesman or tradeswoman who are reliable, who'll arrive when they say, who'll get the job done, grab them, hold on to them for your life, because they're a rarity, as Robbed Gilbert, the famous Welsh comedian, found out. Fourteen times he didn't turn up when he promised he would, right? Four, you know, fourteen, t- fourteen times, incidentally, where I sat on my ass watching shit daytime television. No offence, Tommy. Right, Bob? <laughs> Thumbs watching shit data. Presumably, he did exactly the same thing round at his house. But then he came. He finally came, right? And, and this is. Have you ever seen anything this incompetent, right? Because you've. Uh, I'm 43, and I've sort of. And I've travelled the world. I've seen a thing or two, but I have never seen anything this shit. I've never seen anything this incompetent in any area of life, right? Because he came. This electrician came, and he fitted. He fit, what do you call? Um, you know, double double plug sockets. The double, he fitted 15 of those, right? 15 of them, all around the lounge, all around the lounge in the dining room. 13 of them, Tommy, are awesome. Awesome. Some of the finest plug sockets you'll ever see in your life. Beautiful pieces of work. Two of them, however, are upside pissing down, right? <laughs> How is that even possible? 
How have you ever seen that? I've never seen an upside down plug set. Literally, the switches at the top, you push it in. <laughs> and I, half the light switches are on the wrong way around as well, right? But I thought I could live with that. I was going to complain about that until I saw the, the plug sockets. <laughs> so I'll leave it go, right? Because it's not the end of the world. Some of, the, you know, some of them are on when they're up, some of them are on when they're down or whatever. It's a bit inconvenient, but they all still work. It's, until you come to change a light bulb, and then it's Russian roulette, frankly, right? <laughs> I let the light switches go. We've all seen that before, right? But I've never seen upside-down sockets, so I rang him, right? And the conversation I had with my electrician is in my anger management diary, right? <laughs> this is the conversation with my electrician because he's put two plug sockets upside down in our lounge. I rang him, right? This is the electrician. I rang him. I said, oh, this is a bit awkward, but you seem to have fitted two of the plug sockets upside down. Do you know what he said, Tommy? Are you sure? So, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I mean, let me just check. Oh, hang on, my girlfriend's just come in. Her head seems to be roughly the same height as mine. Her eyes are above her mouth, and when we drop things, they fall towards our feet. We seem to be the right way up, mate. <laughs> this is a genuine question from my electrician, Tommy. A genuine question. Would you prefer them all the same way up, would you? <laughs> I think I would. I'm sorry, I'm old school. What can I say? I can't help it. And he's always on the front foot. He's one of those people, you know, he'll never take a criticism, this guy, right? Because he's like, what do you want me to do about it? He's on the phone. What do you expect me to do about it? I said, well, it seems to me you've got two choices, right? One involves you popping back to the house and turning the two sockets round. And the other one involves you trying to persuade the entire world to start living upside down, doesn't it? (laughs) I I should point out, if you do decide to go down that second route, it could actually involve a lot more work for you in the long run, right? Because... Once you've travelled the world spreading the topsy-turvy gospel according to St. Pissing Nutjob the Inverted, right? You'll have to bounce back here on your head and redo the 13 sockets you put on the right way down in the first place. <laughs> the brilliant Rod Gilbert, yes, on the money, isn't he? And of course he was uh, live at the Apollo there, speaking to Tommy Walsh, the DIY TV guru who was in the audience. I have two pair of tickets to give away to D-U-N-D-E-R-R-Y Fair, which is on next weekend, the bank holiday. I asked you, how do you pronounce D-U-N-D-E-R-R-Y or how would the locals pronounce it? Let's have a wee listen. Oh, Kieran, well done to you. There's a pair of tickets for you for sure. Let's see. We'll pick another one there and see who we've got. Yeah, let's go with this one here. Here we go. Let's have a listen to the pronunciation on this WhatsApp message. The locals pronounce it Dundry. Dundry. Have a good weekend. Leave <laughs> it to me. Bye. <laughs> well done, David. Pair of tickets for you too. Dundry. That's it. We have it now from the horse's mouth, Dundry. That's the pronunciation. Anyway, the big fair coming up next weekend for the bank holiday. Now, moving on in late lunch this Friday afternoon, it's time to bring the curtain down on my movie soundtrack this week. Indeed, a stage show and a movie began. Life as a stage show. I'm talking about Grease. And in terms of the soundtrack, yesterday's song, Hopelessly Devoted to You, was nominated for Best Original Song at the 1979 Academy Awards. It got the nomination, that song from the soundtrack. Summer Nights, another play of mine earlier in the week, was also a big number one hit, along with the title track, which I did play too, from Frankie Valli. They were all number ones. However, it's my song today that tops them all off. Released as a single two months before the movie, 
it hit number one in the charts worldwide, spending, well, from our perspective, nine weeks at number one in the UK in the unforgettable summer of 1978. I wasn't holding hands, but I certainly knew the words to the song and was shaking my booty to it. And as of 2018, it remained, listen to this, the fifth best-selling single of all time. Indeed, on its re-release in 1998, to mark the movie's 20th anniversary, it made number four in the UK charts. Isn't that incredible? All those years later. So today, saying goodbye to Greece, take it away, Olivia and John. I can just see her, see the trousers skin tight on Olivia. The summer of 78, what a summer that was, brings me back indeed. Yes, the curtain falls on my movie soundtrack this week from the brilliant Grease. Fifth best-selling single of all time in 2018, up to that stage. Anyway, incredible, timeless, classic indeed. And I'll bring you another soundtrack next week from a musical or a movie after three on the show each afternoon. Friday afternoon, as is our want at this time. Every Friday, we ask David Sheehan to join us, a presenter of Sunday Sports. Look ahead to the sporting weekend. He's back with us again today, and we begin with the League of Ireland tonight in Oriel Park with Dundalk. Face Shelburne, David. Yeah, Shelburne coming to Oriel Park. Sides played once already this season. It was a one-all draw. Um, you know, you'd have to expect, I suppose, Jerry, to get straight down to, to, to business. You'd have to expect Dundalk to win this game. Um, I know they were beaten by Shamrock Rovers on Monday evening, but obviously, you know, Rovers are a tough proposition and it was a 1-0 defeat. It wasn't the end of the world for them. But, you know, you look at Shells, they're a funny sort of a team. Like, they beat Derry on last Friday, but then they lost 4-1 to Bohemians on Monday at home. They only scored nine goals this season, which um, means they're the only team, only the only team that have scored fewer goals than our UCD with six. So they, they're not really, they're not really prolific scorers. They've conceded like sixteen goals. So you know you, ha- you get it hard to see Shelburne getting anything out of this game. They'll dig in and they'll tr- they'll try and get a point, but uh, you'd have to fancy Dundalk to win that game. And then a win for Dundalk, you know they're in fifth place at the moment, and fifteen points, and to move them up in and around the third place, depending on how the other games go. So. No, Dundalk, even though everyone thinks it's a two-horse race, I mean, if Dundalk can put a run together, you just never know, Jerry. but I think they'll get the win tonight against Chelsea. Dundalk will be wearing a very special shirt tonight, supporting motor neurone disease research. So if you can support, it would be fantastic. Now, let's move to Drogheda. They get an extra day's rest. They head to the West tomorrow to play Sligo. I was at the first game here in Drogheda, and really a formation error by Kevin Doherty cost them dearly three quick goals with a three-man back line he changed it all right after that in my book Sligo are no great shakes no they're not and they've only they've lost three of their last five games and um, they're in fourth place at the moment and as you said I'll be over there myself tomorrow night in the showground Sligo haven't won at home since mid-March they've lost two and drawn one since then um, haven't really been on a good run you know Liam Buckley's under a little bit of pressure they had a win against Finn Harps away on Monday just a 1-0 win so they haven't been going well at all and Many people may remember one of Drogheda's kind of most famous wins last year in the first season back up was that win away 
in Sligo when Chris Lyons got two cracking goals. It's a game I remember very fondly, Jerry, because uh, the late David Conroy, who sadly passed away a few months ago, he had a little bit of a, an altercation with Liam Buckley in the second half. They both had a laugh about it, but that's one instance I remember very fondly from that game last year. It was a great win for Drada. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule out them getting something out of this. They were unbeaten in their last six. As you mentioned there, they've sorted out that defensive kind of problem they had at the beginning of the season. They've tightened things up. They've got into a settled back four now and the players that have come in have started to bed in so I think Drogheda are well placed to get at least a point out of that game tomorrow as you said Sligo not, not going on uh, got, got going great guns at the moment uh, so I, I definitely think Drogheda will get at least a point from that game and who knows they might nick all three Yes, a great credit to Kevin Doherty and his players. They've put together uh, an incredible run, really, after a difficult start to the season. Now, let's move to the Premier League and things really getting to the business end at this stage. We'll start tomorrow with our nemesis, the Gunners, David, at home to Manchester United. I couldn't believe they beat Chelsea midweek. Well, Jerry, how many times have we said it? You just, you just don't know what this Arsenal team are going to do so many times. And, and even earlier this season, they looked like they were finally getting things together and they've got a bit of consistency then they go and lose three games in a row you're going away to Stamford Bridge I saw the team on on, um, on Wednesday evening and I wasn't very confident when I saw it and I wasn't actually able to watch it I was tied up with something else but when I saw it came out and saw they'd won 4-2 I was uh, mildly surprised to say the least so yeah you know it's a fixture that you know evokes huge uh, amount of nostalgia for people of a certain age who remember that rivalry between United and Arsenal in the, in the late 90s and into the early 2000s but both sides have obviously fallen away since then um, Arsenal are at home ordinarily you'd expect them to, to put on a good performance and maybe get all three points but it'll be interesting to see how United respond to that shellacking they got against Liverpool earlier in the week when they were absolutely deplorable and, and you know some questionable decisions in this selection obviously from the manager but Ten Hag is, has been appointed now formally you can be sure the players that are on show tomorrow will be trying to make a point and show them show the new man that, that they're you know worth keeping because there's going to be a lot of change in that Manchester United squad in the coming months and years so I think United will have to respond to that defeat against Liverpool. It's not going to be easy for Arsenal, but I'm going to be a fool, Jerry, and back Arsenal to get the win. <laughs> oh, what else can you say? Because they are hot and cold. You never know what will show up. As you said, United, the worst United performance I've seen in years and years, as you mentioned there during the week. They were just awful. Anyway, Sunday brings another big, big derby. Uh, Liverpool going for the league. They've got to win all their games at home to Everton who are teetering on the brink of relegation. And with Burnley's big win last night, it's all to play for now. It's all to play for outside of this game for Everton because I can't see them getting anything out of them. I mean, Liverpool beat them 4-1 at Goodison in December. Everton actually won 2-0 at Anfield last year behind closed doors. That was their first win at Anfield since 1999. I think it was their first win in a derby either at Goodison or at Anfield since 2010. So their record in this game is not good. As you mentioned there, that win for Burnley... Um, brings them within a point of Everton, albeit Everton have a game at hand. But I, I, you just could not put a, a cent on Everton getting anything out of this game. I know we've seen it in the past where they'll they'll come and they'll dig in and they might get a point out of it. But you look at the quality of Liverpool and you look at that performance during the week and, and how the likes of Thiago played and Salah back scoring again. Liverpool are just on another level from most teams in Europe, not to mind Everton. So really, you know, you'd have to be crazy to put anything on Everton here. Liverpool will win this game pulling up, I would say. Let's switch our attention to GAA and loud the first of the North East Counties into action in this year's Leinster Championship. They're in Navin on Sunday where they take on Carlos, centrepiece of your show on Sunday afternoon. Now, with their league form uh, and the heart factor, you'd have to say they go into this one as favourites. Absolutely, and it's probably not a, a tag that they're, they're very comfortable with or very used to having over the years, but, you know, 
winners of Division 3 and in, ver- in very impressive fashion. Carlo lost five of their seven games in Division 4. So all signs point to a loud win and probably a comfortable loud win. But, Jerry, as you know, and as all the loud supporters listening in will know, loud, you know, have, have let themselves down and let their supporters down in years gone by when they've been favourites and they've been expected to win games. I mean, Carlo played loud into the 2018 Championship. That was the last time they met in Port Leash and, and Carlo won that game and that was a, a bit of a surprise. Um, Loud had been relegated from Division 2 that year. Carlo had been promoted from Division 4 so maybe there wasn't quite that same gap. But coming off the back of that promotion that they've had, Loud, their tails are up, players are flying, you know, Kieran Byrne, Samuel Roy, obviously. Uh, they're really in good form. It's in Navin, which is the ground they, they like and they've had some good results there over the years. Uh, you'd have to say, surely Loud this time around will deliver. And as you mentioned as well, Mickey Hart's there. So things are a little bit different. They have an experienced manager. He'll be warning against any kind of complacency. And the reward for the winners of this game is a clash with Kildare in the Leinster quarterfinal. Another big game. So, yeah, I, I, I think in spite of my reservations about Loud before when they were favourites, you'd have to say that they should win this game and they probably should win it with a bit to spare. But it's going to be an interesting championship clash. They always are. Do join David on Sunday afternoon on Sunday Sport where the action will unfold. Centrepiece match, Loud Carlo in the Leinster Senior Championship. Thank you so much, David. Until next Friday. Thanks, Jerry. Yes, there you have it. Uh, some big games coming up over the weekend and we wish all the local sides the very, very best. That's it for another week on Late Lunch. Thank you all for your company every day. We love to have you with us. Really do appreciate it. To all my guests during the week, I thank them for joining me. And to my producer, Louise Walsh. Couldn't do this without her. Thanks a million, Louise. Thank you so much. And uh, that's it for today. Eddie Caffrey's uh, getting ready to uh, rock you with the drive coming up. Stay with us here on LMFM Radio. We'll be back on Monday at 1.30 to do it all again with different guests, different topics. All we need is you. Have a lovely weekend. The weather's to be gorgeous. It really is. Enjoy it. Isn't it a wonderful time of the year with everything blooming and uh, the weather improving? All we need is an end to that bloody war in Ukraine. Please end the fighting. I finish with that appeal today on Late Lunch. Have a nice one. See you Monday 1.30. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Check out the new sporty and spacious Renault Arcana in petrol and full hybrid. Guaranteed delivery, low AP or finance and 48-hour test drive. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.